Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Welcome to week two of our series, I'm In. We are glad you're here today. If you're visiting Hope Church for the first time, we want you to know that you're glad you're here, and we believe that God is doing something special in our church right now, and we want to invite you in to be a part of that. You guys look good today. You guys look happy to be here. I'm so thankful that you're here. I believe God's got a word for all of us in here today. Hey, yesterday I woke up, and I drove over to Windermere, and I was a part of a, um, I was, I'm a chaplain in Windermere, but I was able to go and be a part of their 9-11 memorial service, and I really felt like God was just kind of speaking to me while I was there. He said, hey, just make sure you mention this tomorrow. And one of the things I got from being there yesterday was this idea of re- just remembering, just remembering what, what that was like. And I know a lot of you guys in your day, you are young, and you're like, yo, I was not there for that. Like, I don't even know. My twins came home on Friday, like, hey, Dad, did you know anything about 9-11? And uh, they're like, were you alive when that happened? I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> What does that mean? I love these young people. Like, hey, did you hear about that thing? And I'm like, the net. It's funny because now that all these kids are watching all these Netflix series that I was alive for a long time ago. You know, did you hear about that documentary? I'm like, it wasn't a documentary. It really happened. <laughs> you know, um, I was there, and so they were explaining to me 9/11, and God really just kind of brought in my heart. I remember when all that happened. I was in college, and I remember we where we watched it from. We we heard about the first um, the first tower being being hit, and then from there, they sent us all to the cafeteria, to the gymnasium. We were watching on the TVs there. And it just kind of reminded me, um, I remember the, the time right after all that happened, that we were, we were so unified as a country. And I just realized, man, that the, the enemy, he loves to use division. The enemy loves to use division. So I just want to remind you, like, help your kids to know about that. Help your kids to help, help your kids know about that so we can remember what that was like. But I also want to challenge us to remember how unified we were for us to, us to model that. I, I realize that there's unity in community. There's unity in community. So I just want to encourage us. Like, we, we ought to be unified. We ought to be together. We ought, we ought to do as best we can. I feel like as, as our country right now is so divided that we, this church, can, have a, can play a part in the unity of our country. We all can play apart. Do we like everything that we see? Do we dislike everything that we see? We all have our different takes on it. We're all from different backgrounds. Some of you guys are in here, you're younger. Some of you guys are older. Some of you guys are middle age, older age, younger age, and we all have a different perspective, but we should all have the perspective of unity. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you, sh- you should want to fight for unity. By the way, that's what Jesus came to. He came to unify us, and he unified us around the blood of, the blood of Jesus, and we all have that. If we're all cut open today, we're all the same color. I love that. I love that phrase that we're all— we're, there's just one race. It's the human race. And I believe God's called us all to play our part. Hey, if you're new here today, I met a brand new guy in our first service. There's brand new people here in the second service, and there's brand new people every single week. We're, we're glad that we have a church where people come and visit us, and we're glad you're here. We want you to know that we exist to love all people at all times and all places, and we want to invite you in on the story um, with us, and we want to be a part of your story. Hey, we're learning a passage of Scripture. We're learning one verse this month. Every month, I try to help you guys learn one Bible verse. Our kids this morning, they were learning a Bible verse in kids' church, and, um, and as adults, I want you to learn this verse. A lot of our kids, they're in week two of their series, like we're in week two of our service series. A lot of the kids, they already memorized their verse. They're faster than you guys. They're smarter than you guys. But some of you guys are like, I ain't, I ain't, what verse? We, what verse are we memorizing? Here it is right here. Revelations chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says this. Jesus is speaking. If Jesus is speaking, you might want to listen. 
and he's also talking to a church, and the church is just like this church. This, this church is not a special church. It's not a different thing. Like, it's for the church of Jesus Christ, and we are part of the church of Jesus, tri- of, G- of Jesus Christ. We are part of the big C church. And here's what he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. He tells this church, hey guys, I know all the things that you're doing. I know your giving statement. I know your serving statement. I know your thought life. I know your prayer life. I know if you're reading the Bible. because I know everything about you guys. This God, I mean, it's God of the universe. He knows everything about you. I don't know if you knew that or not, but he is all, he's all knowing or omniscient. The Bible says this. He goes, and you guys, I know everything about you. You're neither hot and you're not cold. You're not hot and you're not cold. And he goes, and I'll be honest with you guys, I wish you were one or the other. And another, in the King James Version, he goes, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. And he goes, what I really wish you would do is just decide to go all in. And as a church, I, what I want for you is I, I want us to all decide that we're going to go all in together. It's, it's easy sometimes to, to come to church like, yo, look at my church, look at my church, look at my church. And I'm asking you the question this series is look at you. This church is known in the community for serving and giving and helping and loving. It's known for that. We, we have our reputation precedes us. We're only six years old. People know about our church. Oh, I heard about your church. Oh, I heard about your church. I don't have to go very far in the community. Hey, oh, I heard about your church. Oh, I heard about your church. But what about you? Are, are you playing your part? It's funny, a little bit of bleach can, can clean a whole load of laundry. Like, what part are you, like, how much more could our church be changing the city if every single one of us got in? If everyone got in, like, it's easy to say, well, look at her, look at him, look at her, look at him. A guy walked out of service, he's like, my, my, he, he walked out, him and his wife, and the wife's like, hey, who does my husband need to talk to to be on the praise band? He's a keyboard player. We got one keyboard player, and we need, a, we need another keyboard player. We'll take three. We'll take four. But he, I was like, get up there. Like, audition. Auditions are coming. Like, audition. Like, see if, see if you have it. Like, you ought to, everyone ought to be playing. Everybody ought to play their part. What would it be like if everyone did something at this church? I was talking to one of our friends at this church. There. I walked around and said, hey, you're a leader. We need you. Like, we need you to be a leader at this church. Like, you're a leader in the community. People know you. When you come around, you, people hear you. They know you. You're a leader. Like, we, I'd like you to be a leader here. That you can lead in, a, in, a, in, a, in an incredible area of our church, like, and you can make a difference there, and you can recruit people, you can make a difference, and you, you can do that. At this church, Jesus, Jesus wants us all in. He wants you to be able to say, uh, we, we gave you guys this phrase last week, and here it is, God's building this church, and I'm in. We want you to be able to say, God's building this church, and I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a part of building the kingdom of God. I'm going to be a part of the kingdom work that God is doing in this church. I don't, want, I don't even want to come here and say, Pastor West, that was a good message. I want you to come in and say, Pastor West, man, we're, I'm in this with you. Like, let's lock arms. Let's do this. Let's do this together. We don't need people to walk in the kids' area and say, man, that was really cool how you encourage the kids to read their Bible. We need you to come and say, hey, man, I want to help teach the kids how to read the Bible. I want to I play my part. Like, I want us to all, to all be in. So we can say, God's building this church, and I'm in. There's a lot of things. Groups are growing right now, and if you're not part of a group, you can still try to get in the group. A lot of them have filled up, and we, you, you, need, you need people in your life. You need people in your life. This past week, my uncle passed away. Also, on the same exact night, my, my, da- my dad's uncle passed away. Same exact night. You need people around you to go through what you're going through. You need a community of people around you doing life with you. You, you need that. You, you need people in your life going through. A guy said this week, man, his, his mom had surgery, and he said, I'm so thankful for this church. God is building this church, and we want you in. You, there's, we're making space. For you, here's what we believe as a church. We believe that the foundation is set, <clears throat> but it's time for the walls. The foundation is set. I brought this cinder block. I'm using this cinder block all month long, and 
Shoot, it's getting heavy. Um, but this, the foundation's been built. The foundation of this church, it's been built, but we need, we need some walls. Almost helped build the foundation of this church since the very beginning. Thank you. The Massey family have been here for a couple years now. Foundation people in the church. It's, it's time for some walls, though. The foundation is great, but how many of you guys know you don't want to live in a foundation? You want to have a, a building with a roof on it, with some walls. It's time to build, it's time to build some walls. You, you, we all have a point. If you're like, hey, I'm, not, I'm just visiting the church. You're like, hey, this is a church. You, you ought to jump in. A lot of people say, I'm going to church shop. And then you church shop. And then you church shop. And then you church shop. And all you've done is become a professional church shopper. <laughs> like, be able to say, the fa- I'm, I'm a wall at that church. The foundation's been built. It's time for the wall. Sarah and Andrew Bosco, they're going to be walls. They're shadowing today. Shadowing kids this morning. Shadowing tech They're going to be, they're going to be excellent walls. They're going to do an incredible job walling this place up. Foundation on the front row. New, one of the new guys to the, to the scene. But you, we, thank you. If you're a foundation person in this church, thank you. Looking at Taylor back there in the back. Taylor, Taylor's part of the foundation of this church. The drummer, John Anthony, he's part of the foundation. There's a little bit of cracks in that foundation, but nonetheless, he's a part of the foundation of this church. There's a part for you to play. It's, it's time for some... It's time for walls, and I believe this. Dinah said this so prophetically at the beginning of our, of our time together, this series last week, that a roof is coming. A, a, roof, a, a building is coming for this church, but if we don't steward what we have, God's not going to bless us with more. And so we're going to steward, we're going to build this foundation, but there's some of the full moors in the back row, foundation, but we need some walls. Some of you guys, my little sister here today, she, she's part of Brecca, been part of the foundation that the very fabric of this church, my mom here this week, established in 2015. It just sounds cool to say the word established. Established in 2015. Peyton's brand new to our church. She's going to be an incredible wall. Alyssa got here just enough time. She's part of the foundation. She's part of the newest part of the foundation. And God's going to do an incredible work in this church. If you want to be part of the walls, you just got to visit our next steps. It's this Tuesday night. It's our next step. It's this Tuesday night. It's at 8 p.m. There's a Zoom link. Go to hopewintergarden.com. Click on events and sign up for next steps and come be a part of this thing. Join, join the dream team. Teamwork makes the dream work. My dad is scheduled for, my dad is scheduled to be, I called him out last week. Someone's like, dude, you just roasted your dad. I'm like, that's how my family rolls. We got thick, we got thick skin. You know what I'm saying? Tyson, you know what I'm talking about? We got thick skin. And he signed up. My dad's going to be greeting He's gonna be one of the, you're going to love when my dad greets you. You're going to feel like family real quick here. Next, there's already 19 people registered. Don't miss out. It's on Zoom. That, that works in your schedule. You could be at your kid's volleyball game this week and on next steps. You won't be paying attention very well, but nonetheless, you can be there. You can be there from anywhere, anywhere in the world. Hey, here's what I need you to know um, if you're just joining us for the first time or you've been here for a while. You, you need to know this. This church exists because of generous men and women who trust God with their resources. This church exists because of, of generous men and women who, who trust God with their resources. That's why, we, that's why we have what we have. Diana's grandpa says this. You can't build a church with spare time and pocket change. People had to resource this. The chairs, the sound, the stage. People resource building the kingdom of God. This church exists because men and women, generous men and women, trust God with their resources. Here's what those men and women know. Those men and women know this. Everything that they have, it comes from God. They know that. They know, those, the men and women who resource the vision of this church, that resource the mission and the vision, and the, to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, the people that resource that at this church, financially resources, they know that everything that they have, it comes from God. They know that. That's just the way they, they know that. That's clear for them. That's clear. 
that we get that from Scripture. Psalms chapter 50, verse 9, God says in his word, I don't need your stuff. That's the WIV, the Wesley International Version. He says, I don't need your stuff. I do not need the bulls from your barns. I don't need the goats from your pens. All the animals of the forest are mine, and I own a cattle on a thousand hills. I own everything. God owns everything. The moment that we can realize God owns everything, everything changes. The moment I realize like, that, that my, God owns my kids, like when you have to steward something that God owns, when you have to manage something that God owns, that's a game changer. Like you kids in here today, your parents tell you to go out and mow your lawn, you're like, you don't even care. You just, like, figure eight, you don't care. Like, like, I don't care about this yard, I don't care about my parents, you know what I'm saying? That's, at least that's what looks, that's, that's what's like at my house, you know what I'm saying? Trip's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this thing. We go to Matthew's Hope to serve. I can't get my yard, dad, I can't get JW, I can't, John must be the third, my brother, my son. I can't, my dad's the first, I'm saying, I can't get my son to mow the front yard. We go to Matthew's Hope, the little joker mows three lawns. Like, you'll do it for God, but you won't do it for me. And he's like, well, that's what you taught us. <laughs> he's like, God's more important than you, dad. I'm like, I received that. I'm like, you're learning quick. He mo- I'm like, dude, like, you want me, every time you finish your, like, when we take it, he's like, no, dad. I, dad, I got it. Dad, I got it. I'm like, why can't you get it at our house? God owns everything. But could you imagine if I said, hey, I want you to, if you, if you thought this, hey, just what you know, God owns everything you have. What if you had to steward God's stuff? I met a guy, he's, he's an estate manager. It's all he does is take care of these people's houses and their wealth and all the things he takes care of everything for these people they're elderly that's his job i go that'd be a cool job like taking care of somebody else's money that sounds fun you know what i'm saying taking care of somebody else's house that sounds fun if it's if it's if you were taking care of god's house if you knew everything you had came from god how would you live your life differently your car your house your 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 marriage your kids your like how well would you do if you knew everything that you had to belong to god you you would do better You'd mow that lawn. If, I, if you knew it was God, you'd mow God's lawn with scissors. Like, this is Jesus Christ. I'm going to make sure this thing's right. <laughs> what if God was giving your allowance? Come on, somebody. Like, come on. What if God was giving your allowance, teenager? You're like, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. Like, you, when, when you fold your laundry, you, that's what you do. You just fold it. But if you're folding God's laundry, you, gotta, you take out a board. Bop, 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 bop. Anything will be right. Man, God owns everything. God owns everything that we have generous people know that god owns everything hey when we were four years old um i did a series called the blessed life it was on giving i preached about giving in church for four weeks i didn't think that was a bad idea i thought it was a really really good idea six months into the church two months goes by i go meet with pastor ron sylvia pastor ron sylvia leads one of the largest churches in the country in in ocala but in 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 america a large church a mega church i go to him and he goes hey i've been following you I love what you're doing. I said, thank you, Pastor Ron. I appreciate it. He goes, but you did something that no church planner has ever done. And I said, Mr. Ron, Pastor Ron, I've done a lot of things that a lot of church planners will probably never, ever do. That's just how I roll. He goes, did you really, because I was following you on social, he goes, did you really preach on giving for four Sundays in a row when you were four months old? I go, yeah. He goes, that's a terrible idea. And I go, really? He goes, terrible. And he goes, but I'm proud of you. You know, he gave me a fist bump. He's like, because he goes, people don't, People don't want to hear about you about giving money to God and just they, they don't want to. And, and so I was like, man, that was, that's pretty harsh. Like, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. Because my parents, I, I grew up in a little small black church where they passed the offering basket. And I watched people put money in. Like, my, my parents were generous. I, I watched my parents give in the offering basket. I, it's all, I've ever, all we've ever done is give in the offering basket. It, it, it just made sense to us. 
My wife, we get married, we started getting paychecks, our monies, we got married, our monies became one because two become one, our monies came together, and, um, and we just started tithing together. Like, it's, it's all we've ever known to do. I, that's what we were taught, she was taught, and now we're together, and now we're teaching our kids to do it. Now, I did get triggered the other day, I was talking to my son. My son's a, a, one of the youngest entrepreneurs in our church, he's 10. He has a shoe cleaning business. Milk, you'll appreciate it, he has a shoe cleaning business. So I say, son, I'm proud of you. Hard worker, I want to be your first customer. So I said, well, how much is it? He goes, once I look at it, I'll tell you how much it costs. <laughs> He's been hanging out with my dad. I know. I go, really? I said, okay, cool. I said, no big deal. No, I said, oh, it can't be that bad. He's young. What does he know? Can't be that bad. I'm thinking, you know, three or four bucks a pair of shoes. It just it felt good, Mark. I'm like, three or four bucks? I got that. Three or four bucks per shoe? No problem. He said, dad, I'm going to give you a discount. I said, son, give me a hug. I don't even like hugging him. I'm like, give me a hug, son. I said, I appreciate that. He goes, for you, Dad, I'm going to give you a discount, 50% off. I said, dang, bro, this is what's up. Like, I'm like, milk, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm going to have fresh, I'm going to walk around with fresh, my shoes are going to stay fresh. So I'm like, 50% off, that's pretty good. I said, sorry, how, he gets done, he's like, I said, how much, oh, he, he, had a, he made his own receipts. <laughs> he's slaying, Breck. I said, how much, oh, he goes, only $15. And I went, dang! <laughs> 15, I, 50%, so I said, babe, you need to talk to your boy. Because I had to get the money from Diana to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <clears throat> I sent my wife back into the store. You know what I'm saying? You ever been there before? You know, like, but you know, some of you ladies, you're savages. Your husband's like, hey, I bought this thing. Like, there's like a little mark on it. Guys, we don't care. But the wives are like, well, did you ask for a discount? Like, no one can see it, babe. Give it to me. <laughs> wives be walking in there. They don't care. I would like a 10% discount for the mark. You already, your husband already bought it. I don't care. So I said, talk to your boy. So I said, we sat down and I said, hey, son, you, that's price gouging. I'm, I'm upset. I'm ticked off. <laughs> can't say what I, I can't say what I want to say because we're in church. You know what I'm saying? So I said to him, no, I'm kidding. I said, son, that's too expensive. And so the other day we worked it out. We got, the prices have come down. I'm the, I was the first customer. I was the highest paid customer. Now, the, now he's, he, I think he did a market analysis, which he did it on me, which you never want to be part of the market analysis when they do it on you. But he got it right. I know Marty's like, I'm going to hire his son. It just makes sense. So he's now got the price structure down better. If you would like a pair of shoes clean, he gets it right. He does a great job. So I said, I said, how did you figure the price out? We're like, how did you figure the price out? And Dinah's like, how did you? So we're sitting down with them. Like, Dinah's gone in on the deal. I don't, I don't know how much she's making. I don't know what percentage, but she bought, he's got, he, hey, Ron, he has bags now. The first, the first part of the company, he was delivered in Winn-Dixie bags. We don't even go to Winn-Dixie. I don't even know where he got the Winn-Dixie bags from. <laughs> this has a point, guys. Hang in there. If you're new here, hang in there. So he now has green bags. She's invested in the company. I don't know what she, she, she is a Janny, though, so uh, her maiden name, she, she's got a percentage. I don't know what it is, but she's got to work it. So now she's got the prices worked down. <laughs> it's funny. He has the prices worked down. It's a lot more fair, a lot more. So anybody else who gets, gets their shoes cleaned from him, you're in great shape. I went first. You're good now. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he thinks he's worth a lot. But I was saying to him, so now that you have this money, now it's time that you, I've teach my kids, now it's time that you, you, give, you give back. Because all the business that's going to come your way, God's going to bring it your way. But it's now it's your turn to give back. So Pastor Ron said, you don't talk about giving. And then I thought this. I start reading scripture. I'm like, why would I talk about this? Because when I start reading scripture, after you give, there's so many blessings that come your way. So I thought to myself, why wouldn't I tell my church how God could bless them more? And then I'm, now I'm mad at myself. This morning I woke up, I'm like, I preached this for four Sundays, year, year one, almost five years ago, and I haven't preached on it. But now you guys, are, you guys get this. 
I'm not giving you four weeks. I'm going to give you one week. Buckle up. Here we go. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, this is the first time somebody's ever tithed before in the Bible. The first ever tithe in the Bible. Genesis chapter 14, the Bible says this. After Abram returned from his victory. Pop quiz today, who gave him the victory? The answer is always God. If you're receiving victory in your life right now and blessing life, that comes from God. That's free, not in the message. You're welcome. All the victory that you've experienced, it comes, it comes from God. The Bible says this in the, the very next verse. The Bible says in verse 18, And then after he receives the victory, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of the God Most High, he brought Abram some bread and some wine. That's where we get the word bread from. Now, yo, you brought that bread. He, Abram, Abram is successful. He has victory. And then after he's victory, God gave him the victory. And then the, the priest brings him bread and wine. So he's blessed. And then God blesses him some more through the priest there. Verse 19 says this, Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. He said this, blessed be Abram by God, the creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. So he's like, yo, bro, you blessed. Like, you straight blessed. You, 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 I blessed you and gave you victory. I gave you bread and wine after you've been blessed. And now I'm putting a blessing on you. Threefold blessing. I don't know about you, but if you're following along in this message today, you're like, I don't know what Abram did, but I want to do what Abram did. Because I don't want to be blessed one time. I'll be honest with you, my personality type, I don't want to be blessed two times. I want that, I want that threefold blessing. I want all the blessings. If God has a blessing for me, I want it. I want everything that God has for me. So here's what Abram did. Blessed, blessed, blessed. And then Abram did this. Abraham gave Melchizedek, the church, the high priest, a tenth of all the goods that he'd recovered. He's like, all that blessing you, dude, I want to give back. I'm, I'm going to give back. See, here's what I learned in this passage of scripture. This isn't on point today, but it, God has put it inside of us to want to be generous. He's put it inside of you to want to be to want to be giving. He, he, that's, that's at a young age. Little kids sucking a lollipop. You walk up to them, can I part your lollipop? They'll pull that, that, that slobbery lollipop and they'll offer it to you as a young age. Because God put it inside of us to want to be generous. You want to know why I can, I can prove to you that Jesus put it inside of us to be generous? Because Jesus himself was generous, number one. Number two, the Bible says that when God put all this together, he, said, he says to his father, the son, he goes, let us make West Beecham let us make the people in that church, let's make them like us. And at the core of who Jesus is, is generosity. And he says, I'm going to make them to want to be generous. He put inside of us. So before the law was ever to be a tither, this says that he gave them a tenth. They were already doing it. That's the first time we see a tithe in all of scripture. It's not a command. It's not a rule. They were just doing it. They're like, yo, it just makes sense. He blessed us. Let's bless them back. He gets the victory. He gets food. And he gets a blessing, and then God's, and then he says, Abram says, okay, cool, I want to bless God back now. Isn't that like us sometimes? Verse 28, Genesis chapter 28, verse 20 says this. Then Jacob, it gets better, guys. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me, he never leaves us, never protects us. Never leaves us, never forsakes us, I'm sorry. And God protects me on this journey, which the Bible says that he is a protector. He's, he's, the, lion, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He wants to protect us. He is strong and mighty. Then it says this, if he does that, and if he'll provide for me, his name is Jehovah Jireh, he, the provider, with food and clothing, and it gets better. This is us. And if that was enough, and if they return, he goes, and if I return safely to my father's home, then he will be God. That's kind of what we do sometimes. 
If we try to get God all boxed in, well, if God does this, then he's real. Well, if God would do this, and if God will do this, and if God would do this, and the whole entire time God's showing up, he's showing up, and he's showing up. He's constantly showing up for us in our lives. He, he can't, it's not in God's nature for him not to show up. But here's what I would like to suggest to you today. Is it possible that God could show up even more in your life? Is it possible? Is the question that we're going to answer today. The answer is yes. So here's what he says. If you do this, if you do this, verse 22 says this. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worshiping God, a place for worshiping God. He says this. And then if God does all these things, then I will present to God a tenth of everything that he gives me. Now Genesis uh, chapter 14, Genesis 20. I mean, we, we go decade after decade of God showing up, providing. God showing up, God providing. And these men are saying, when he shows up and provides for us and does what he does, then I'm just going to give him back a tenth. Now get this. I love the math on this. This is a great investment. If, you're in, if, you're, if you can ever structure a deal with somebody where they give you everything, they do all the upfront work, they do all the legwork, and they let you keep 90% of the profit, and they just want to keep 10%, always take that deal. It's never happened before. My friend Anna is a part owner in a, in a construction company on the third row. I guarantee you none of her partners are like, hey, let's give Anna, let's give Anna 90%. Now, they're nev- that's never going to happen. I don't, you'll never meet a business owner that's going to say, let me give you 90%. Well, you keep 90% and we're just going to keep 10%. That's going to happen. But God, these guys say, well, God gave us everything. We're going to give him back 10%. And God's like, cool, standard. Here, this happens over and over again. And then here comes the law. Leviticus chapter 27 Verse 30, the Bible says this, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, it belongs to God, and it must be set apart for God as holy. So they're tithing, they're tithing, and then God's like, cool, let's just go to make this a principle. I love the principle of tithing. Here's why I love the principle of tithe, because it helps us live within margin. Most Americans are overspent, and because we're overspent, we're also overworked. Overworked, overspent. Talk to, well, we want to be a business owner. We want to have hustle. Great things. None, none of them are bad things. I talked to a business owner today. I am so tired of working seven days a week. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. We're going to get to heaven. I, I think one of the most spiritual things you can do is quit being so stinking tired. Everyone's walking around tired. I wonder why my, can't get, you can't get your friends to go to church. Why would your friends go to church with you if that, you leave tired? <laughs> You went tired, you left tired. I want to leave here rejuvenated. I want to leave here excited about God's work. I want to be excited about the mission. I want to walk into church. I want to walk into work on Monday. And they say, man, what happened to you? Well, I took a Sabbath on Saturday. I went to church on Sunday. And now I'm ready to crush the freaking week. That's what I want to do. The Bible says they, God gave them, God gave them, God gave them. They're like, cool, we're going we're gonna to tithe. So in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, God's like, hey, that's a good idea. Let's work, on it. Let's, let's, let's work, let's work this out. You guys keep 90%, and all I want back is 10%. And with the 10%, we will go out and change the world. That's what he tells them. Like, we'll use that for the church, and the church will go out and reach more people and serve more people and love more people and help more people. And all that happens. So here's the thing I need you to get. Malachi chapter 3. It gets better, guys. You're like, good, I hope so. Malachi chapter 3. Thousands of years go by. We find ourselves in Malachi chapter 3 this morning. Here's what the Bible says. Here's, it's a, so they did it. God bless them, God bless them, God bless them. They tied. God bless them, God bless them, God bless them, they tithe. Then God's like, cool, let's go ahead and make that a standard. And let's make it a principle. And by the way, you got to live your life with some systems and some principles. You, you're, you, you'll be better for that. 
you will be better for some systems and some structure in your life. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says this. Bring all the tithes into the church, and then there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, here's what happens if you do. The Bible says, God says in his word, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. My son asked me the other day, we went out to lunch with somebody, and they're like, hey, are they rich? And here's what I told my son, the entrepreneur, Price Gouger. Everyone you know, everyone you know, you don't have to ask, I said, you don't have to ask that question ever again. Everyone you know is rich. You don't know any poor people. Over 50% of Americans live on less than $2 a day. Another percentage of that live on less than $1 a day. In Haiti, where we do ministry at, they, if it doesn't rain, they don't, they don't live on a dollar a day. They don't eat if it doesn't rain. Because if it doesn't rain, their crops don't live, their crops die, and then they don't eat, and then they die. That's how it works. We, are, we live in the most, we live in the richest country in the world. We live, everyone around, everyone you know is rich. I, just, I, just, I said point blank. There are people that would love to have what you have around this world. You have more than one pair of tennis shoes, you're rich. Public transportation, whether you own your car or lease it, you're rich. You don't have to share a toothbrush. The places that we've been where families share one toothbrush. You're rich. This area, you don't, you don't ever have to wonder. If, you, if you're in your day, I wonder if I'm rich. You, you're rich. You got here today, you're rich. You didn't walk to church today, you're rich. So a guy goes to our church, his name is James. He's homeless. James has a bike now that has a motor on it. James is rich. And he's homeless. You, th- I said, everyone you know. Here's what God says. And here's what I would suggest to you. What if, now, this is my question for you today. What if God wanted to bless you so much more than you're already blessed right now? What if you had all that you had now, but what if, what if, the, what if the floodgates of heaven haven't been, uh, been, even been opened yet? Because I've been through seasons in my life where I feel like, man, God is blessing me so much. And then I realized, well, dang it, he was just getting started. And then I go a little bit further, and I'm like, man, I feel so blessed. Man, God's taking care of me. God's blessed our family. Man, I feel like we've reached the pinnacle. And then I'm like, dang it, he's just getting started. And I feel like the more I'm obedient, the more that I'm faithful, I go a little bit further. I'm like, dang it, God keeps on. God, I've been blessed so much. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God's done blessing. You've been blessed so much. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I think he's done now. And God's like, no, I, I, I'm just getting started. Because here's what we think. It's really weird. We think we'll keep, we'll keep 100%. And we can do more with that. And here's what we've learned. Diane and I have learned in our life. I don't know how this works. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's how Amma lives her life. I'm good friends with her. I can speak. I, I can say this confidently. It's how the Moses like. We, here's what we've learned. Us, we learned. Probably a handful of you guys. When we give God 10%, somehow 90% goes further than 100% goes. We can't, listen, I, I wish we could show you on paper how it all makes sense. We can't because it's, it's God economy stuff. I really wish God would bless me more. And God's saying, I really wish that you would try me in this one area and see that I can open up a storehouse of blessing on your life. Here, here's where we get into a problem. We think this, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give financially, and then God's going to bless me financially. Well, he's already blessed you financially. Sometimes when you give financially, the blessing is, is, is relationally. Sometimes when, we, when we're obedient relationally, or then, then sometimes relationally, then sometimes he blesses us financially. See, God doesn't work the way you think he works. I think sometimes, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be obedient in my giving. Yeah, you're obedient in your giving. It, it may be your health. Did you know that your health 
may be attached, your, your physical health, it may be attached to the way that you give away your wealth. It may be, it may be, I don't know. Just telling you, like, we see over and over again, God, God, these guys trusting God, God blessing them, God blessing them, God blessing them, and they just trust God a little bit, and every time they trust God a little bit, we don't have time today, but every, if we go and read these stories, you will see God's blessing over and over and over and over and over again on your life. I don't know how it works. I just know this. I want all that God has for me. Here's what Malachi chapter 3 says this. He goes, if you'll, if you'll bring the storehouse in. By the way, this is the only time in the scripture where God says, trust, test me. Hey, guys, you don't, you, it's like my dad used to tell me this. Don't test me, son. Don't test me, son. And he would say this. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out of it. And I'm, he meant it. Gone. Buried. Six feet under. He even paid for the funeral. He didn't care. And I didn't test my dad. But the God of the, my, my, earth, my, my heavenly father, he says, Wes, trust me. Test me in this one area. Test me. I'm testing him, church. I'm testing him. The Bible says, if you do this, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't even have enough room to take it in. Try it. <laughs> try it. Try a tenth. Try living, try, try giving away a tenth and just see what God does. See what he does. Verse 11 says this. He goes, I'll fill you up. I'll fill everything up. The Bible says, your crops will be abundant. I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will fall from the wine before they, they are ripe. They won't fall before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. He goes, all of you, your grapes are falling off. He goes, I'll make sure they stay on so you'll really be blessed. Verse, and then it gets better. He goes, if you do this, verse 12 says this, then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Can you go back to verse 11, Court? I love this verse right here. You don't have any crops. Most of you don't have any crops. I, I did some modification of the scripture. The Bible says, if you try me in this one area, I will bless your kids. Modified it there. If you, if you be faithful in this one area, I'm going to bless your, right there it says your grapes. Maybe he's going to bless your health. See, God doesn't work the way you think he works. You think, well, I'm going to give, then he's going to bless there. And I'm going I'm 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 to do a good job with my body, and then God's going to bless me there. And we draw these straight lines. God does not use straight lines. His economy does not work that way. I don't know why God won't bless your business. I know why. I, well, I wish he would bless. Well, I know, how he, I know how he will bless it. This verse tells us that. The Bible says to me, you want your crops to be abundant? We want that. The Bible says that you're that you, your family will be blessed. Here's what we believe. We're going to teach our kids obedience. We're going to teach our kids giving. But our kids are reaping benefits. Derek says it his company all the time. He, says, he, tells, he tells 100 staff members this. He goes, you may not believe in tithing, but God blesses this company because I do. He says, so you're reaping the benefits of this, you're, the benefits of this church, of this business tithing. You're, he tells the company, you guys are all benefiting of that. And here's what I would tell our kids. Our kids are benefiting from Di and I being obedient in this one area. We've, we trust them. So let me give you two things that I think Matt would help you. Number one, it's this. I want God to bless you more. I wrote the word more in there because I don't, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. You're, you're, you're already blessed. You're here today. You have shelter over your head. Our friend Marty here today. He's been in Nairobi, Kenya. We don't have to, we don't, you, if, the only people that don't know they're blessed are people who haven't traveled outside of America or they haven't driven maybe to East Winter Garden and seen some of, this, some of these areas that are tough, or I drive my kids sometimes down through downtown Orlando to see, to see poverty. I want God to bless you more. He's already blessed you, but I want him to bless you. I want him to bless you more. But you know what's even better than that? God wants to bless you more. I want God to bless Alma so much. I want her to bless him so much. But God's like, 
I hope she doesn't want the blessing from Wes because the blessing I got is so much greater than the, God wants to bless her. And here's what you need to know. God blessing you more, it's up to you. It's up to you. I've already preached this message once. This is, I've, I've been in these churches before where the pastor says, here's the take home. Now today I want you to take out your phone and I want you to start tithing today in the name of Jesus. I'm not doing that. I could care less. My question for you today is, do you want God to bless you? Do you want that your storehouse to flow over and over again? Do you want God to bless your family? Do you, God want, do you want God to bless your health? If you do, the Bible says, here's a system. If you try this system, just try it. Test me and see that I'm not good. I don't know about you. I do not want just enough. I want more than, I want, I want, to be, I want my vats to overflow. I want the blessings to be so, I want to go where the blessing is. I want God to bless me so much that it drips off on other people in the room. That's what I want. I want to run with people. I, God's blessed this guy. This guy right here. I run with this guy. Because I run with this guy, he, he's blessed me, and hopefully I've blessed him. I want the blessing of God to just to, to pour off of my life. I want God's blessing. I want to be around him because God's blessing him. I want that in my life. I'm going to be, you, you can rest assured the people that are around me or that I'm around, hopefully one of them are just, they're, they're, they're being blessed because we're just around each other. Listen to this verse, Proverbs chapter 3. This verse is awesome for your, for your business, Eric. Verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Some of the greatest biblical money principles in the world are found in the book of Proverbs. Here's what they say. Honor God with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Do not give God last. Do not give God your leftovers. He ain't a leftover God. Come on. He wants the best. Honor God with that. Hey, guys, this is the verse you all love. I'm going to end on a high note for some of you guys that are sweating and nervous right now. Verse 10 says this. If you honor God with your wealth, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And ain't nobody like bad wine. Come on, no one's ever said, I like bad wine. No one's ever said that before. God's like, I'm going to give you the best. I'm going to give you the best of the best. If you, will, if, you will, if you will give your wealth and you'll honor God with your wealth, if you honor God, he will fill you up so much you won't have enough storehouses to flow it, to hold it. It'll overflow. I don't know about anybody here today. I'm going to invite you to stand on your feet. As you're standing on your feet, I'm going to ask you this question. This is the, the answer is yes. In here today, if you're standing to your feet right now, I know this about you. You want a God who wants to overflow in your life. I, I want overflow. Anybody want overflow? Come on, can you put your hands together if you want overflow? Come on, everybody does. Hey, overflows up to you. Now here's the deal. If you trust God with your resources and you begin to tithe here, will it allow us to build the church? It allows us to build the church that God wants to build. It allows us to build the church that will buy more chairs so more people can hear the gospel. It allows us to build the kind of church that will open up kid spaces so we can see more kids learn God's word and to serve God. If we, if we give to God, he will do more than we can exceedingly imagine. Come on, if you want to build a church today, let's sing this out as a declaration today. Let's build a church. Much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.